What is up and welcome back to the 48 Men Podcast. Well, this episode has been a long time coming because this was my dream guest to have on the podcast and I'm so excited to finally have Tim Tebow on the podcast today. So Tim, welcome to today's episode. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate you having me. This is exciting. Been looking forward to it and so uh, just grateful. I'm looking forward to this time and um, just, yeah, thanks for what you're doing. I think it's, um, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but I think yours is, Uh, unique and it's unique you're uniquely qualified to be able to talk about some of these things and i just think it's uh it's really needed um to encourage a lot of guys out there so um hopefully that's something that will will take place and maybe there's something i can add and i'm not sure but i'm just grateful that for what you're doing and your heart behind it too because i know how much you want to um, encourage and strengthen, you know, so many young men. Yeah. Well, thank you, man. And like I told you before the episode started, I really wish if you could see all the DMS of, of, of Tim Tebow, please get Tim Tebow, please have Tim Tebow on. I mean, it would, it it would make (laughs) you laugh how many people have requested you to be on. And if you're listening to this and for some reason you don't know who Tim is, maybe you live under a rock, um, not to be rude, but you probably should know who Tim is. But if you don't, Tim's a husband, a strong believer, a Heisman trophy winner, pro football and baseball player, author, speaker, you have a foundation where you do philanthropy work. I mean, there's really nothing that I feel like you haven't done. Honestly, it's pretty crazy. But if I've missed anything (laughs) and you want to fill in any of the gaps, you can uh, feel free to do that. No, not, not at all. I've just, um, you didn't mention that, um, that we're friends and yeah, which is one of the the best parts. Yeah. Tim's a good friend. I love it. I mean, not not only all your all your just sports and all the stuff that you do, like you and Demi really do so much just with human trafficking and like the Tim Tua Foundation really does so much stuff. And you're also the most passionate person that you'll probably ever meet, whether it's for the gospel or just for life in general. I don't think anybody equates to your passion level when you get on something. It's really, I've really never seen anything like it. And getting to know you um, has been just one of the greatest pleasures that I've I've gotten to do. Oh man, I appreciate that. Well, getting to know you and Sadie and your family and, um, you know, just been such a pleasure for me and Demi and we love it. And we just consider you guys great friends. And so, um, we're grateful that we get to do stuff like this, but also just that we get to do life and, you know, learn from one another and continue to, um, you know, to try to grow into what, you know, God has in store for us. And I think that's one of the things that I see you and Sadie do all the time is, you know, it's just trying to be more of what God wants you to be and who he wants you to be. And I just see that every time and y'all are always striving. I think that's just, that's inspiring. Well, thank you, man. And really, you know, when I started this podcast, it really all just revolves around that, that verse in first Timothy four, right? Where Paul tells us that physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things. And, I just think it's really cool that he mentions physical training because I do think that it's something that yeah. is beneficial, whether it's with discipline or, um, you know, taking care of our bodies, you know, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. So with the strength side, what does that look like? And for you, I think you're such a perfect, I don't what okay, maybe not perfect, but you're such a, you're such a great example of like physical training and also spiritual training. So for you, when you hear the words, like when you think about physical training and spiritual training, what's the first thing, like, what do you think of when you hear those phrases? Um, I think of striving to be your best, um, for God and for what you're calling and for what people have for you, right? Why do we train? This is, this is so important. It's not that we train. It's why we train, right? Why we train is important. Why do you train in sports? You train in sports because you have a goal, you have a dream, you have a vision, and you want to get from where you are to where you're trying to be, right? You want to get from where you are in that moment to maybe being the starting quarterback or maybe being able to win a championship or maybe be able to get a scholarship or maybe, you know, you have all these goals and that's why you go train, right? You don't just train to go buffet your body, right? You train so that you can one day get to a place, right? So you can improve so that you might have the chance of being your best, right? So that's why you go to the, these great links as athletes. That's why you, you know, you'll wake up at, at five in the morning or I used to wake up in the middle of the night. You know, I had a, a quote on my door is somewhere he is out there training while I am not. And when we meet, he will win. Meaning that uh, it it, it was something that was so motivating me that someone else might wake up at a time that when I won't, and he's going to train and when we meet, he's going to beat me. And so that would motivate me to set my alarm 
in the middle of the night to wake up to go train because I knew he wasn't out there. Why would I do that? I would do that because I loved and was passionate about a game and I wanted to do anything and everything to possibly be my best in that game. So I would miss sleep, miss meals, miss so much just to do whatever, you know, play hurt so that you could be your best. Well, if you're willing to do that for a baseball, basketball, football game, then the, the question should be asked. If I was willing to do that so I could make the varsity, get a scholarship, be a starting quarterback, maybe go to the NFL, what am I willing to do for something that actually really matters? Like the Great Commission, like hurting people, like the calling that God has on all of our lives, like loving the least, the last, the lost, like serving our church in the, in the bigger church, but are also our personal churches, like being able to encourage people as we go, right? Wait, wait a second. That's one of the staggering things about it. You know, I, I got to, to share with some people yesterday that um, just the extent of some of the times I got to play with a broken leg. I've got to play with a, um, a bunch of different cracked ribs and, and broken bones. And I still play games. So I played hurt for teams, but have I ever played hurt for Jesus? Right. Have I, you know, it's, you've gone to such extent, right. To, for a game and I get convicted because you know what, if someone really dove into the deepest parts of my life, have I really ever given as much for the calling that God has in my life that I have for sports and to win a game? And the answer is probably not. I've probably worked harder to win games in my life. And I hope people can't say that about the rest of my life. You might be able to say it up to, up to this point, but hopefully yeah. not from here on out, you know, and that's something that drives yeah. me. And so when we get to physical training, getting back to your question, we, we get to it because it's, it is so important, but why do we train? Because we want to be better. Why do we get into scripture? Why do we, why do we, because we want to know God's word more because we want to be closer to him because we want to be able to love people better because we want to be able to serve people better. And so I just think that training is is there's so many reasons why it's valuable, but a great reason why it's valuable is because we want to go from where we're at to a little bit better or a little bit closer of who God has for us. So physically to get a little bit better to accomplish our goals in sports or whatever our goals are and our spiritual life so that we can be a little bit closer to who God wants us to be. Do you feel like in your own life that you've seen, like being disciplined in one of these areas has impacted the other one, like for good or for worse. So, um, one of my favorite words in, in, in scripture is Musar. And, uh, we always talk about being Musar driven. And, um, I believe it's used 50 times in scripture and 30 times in Proverbs. Um, and, uh, it's Solomon talking to his sons in telling them to be Musar driven, which Musar means discipline, instruction, correction, or teaching, right? 30 times. One of the wisest men to ever live is who loves his sons like crazy is telling them to be Musar driven, to, to seek after discipline, instruction, correction, or teaching, right? And so many times in our society, we feel like, oh, these are bad things. I don't want discipline. I don't want instruction. I don't want correction. I don't want teaching. And I don't want to be one of those people. I want it. I want it. I want to seek it. I want people in my life. I want you to be able to tell me when you see blind spots, when you see faults, when I mess up, you know, I I want to be able to to see that. Um, I want to be able to know that because we all, you know, sometimes have blinders and we need, you know, one, the Lord to help us see those blind spots, but we need friends. We need partners. We need um, uh, community to help us with that. And, you know, so when I think of, um, why this is so important, why we think of discipline and sometimes people put discipline in a box, but I, I think it's right. It's, it's teaching, it's correction, it's reproof, it's, it's growing, it's building. Why do you have it? Because it's so valuable. It's so important for our lives so that um, in this process of growth, of maturity, of discipleship, of um, sanctification, we need it. It's not a bad thing. It, it might not always feel good in the moment, 
especially when you know you're having to learn from something but in a similar way think about it when we work out what happens you tear something down a little bit and it gets built back stronger you tear it down a little bit it gets built back stronger but how do you do that it's not just you work out and it comes back stronger no you got to work out then you have to put the right fuel in your body then you have to be able to get the right sleep then you got to be able to do the right therapy and when all those added up now physically i got better same way um that we have to do that spiritually right and with yeah. instruction with discipline with correction with god's word with friends with um uh, the way we communicate, the way we serve, the way we love, we're, you know, um, going about it. And sometimes we got to get correction and teaching and discipline. And sometimes it doesn't always feel good. Sometimes it feels like a little bit of a tear down and we build back mm-hmm. up. But instead of running from that process, I think it's so important we embrace that process. And not only do we should we embrace it, I think we should seek it. We should mm-hmm. go out of our way to ask people and choose people to be in our life that will invest in us by coaching us and teaching us and encouraging us but not necessarily always in the way that sometimes people want to be encouraged of just tell me the good stuff. No, don't just tell me the good stuff. Tell me all the stuff, right? Tell me the yeah. good and the bad. And, and that's a lot of what I feel like um, Solomon is, is trying to get, it, get, get it across to his sons, the wisdom of please don't be afraid of discipline. Don't be afraid of a, te- of a, of a good teacher. <clears throat> don't be afraid of instruction. Like this is important. Let it be valuable to you because it is such a big part of your growth. Yeah. Why do you feel like it's easy for us? I feel like I, I can struggle with this, with this at times. The idea of like, specifically if, if we look at physical and spiritual stuff, like how do you, why do you feel like it can be easy for us to like overemphasize one of these and then the other, we kind of can neglect the other in a sense. Yeah, probably because we get really comfortable in one and we're better at one. And then we don't want to yeah. always show our weaknesses, you know? And yeah. that's where it's so important to have people that speak into our lives, that see our blind spots, that see, you know, where, we, um, where we're missing the mark because we all are. And, you know, but we all have this opportunity to, to grow and develop and not have to be the same yesterday and today that we will be tomorrow. And I think that is a, yeah. it's a really, it's such a cool concept. And the concept of training and growth is so fascinating to me ever since I was a little boy. And I thought, wait a second, I can actually train and maybe be better tomorrow or in a week than I am today. That's awesome. You know, and I think yeah. it's, it's the same thing when we're talking about spiritual growth. Like, wait a second, we can, we get to dive into God's word and know a little bit more of, of, and connect with him being able to have one-on-one with the God of this universe. Like that's crazy, right? I mean, it's just, you really think about it. We have a God that loves us enough that he's willing to spend time with us to to be near to us. It's, it's great. Like what? When you think about that concept, it's like he he loves me enough after everything I've done, after my actions, after my all my words I've said, after all my bad thoughts, he loves me enough to to care for me, to be near to me when I'm brokenhearted, to humble me when I'm arrogant, to teach me when I'm open to learning like wow that's it's 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 mind-boggling like we and and I think sometimes we just take it for granted right like we what a concept right and and one of the things that has been so impactful in my life is you know my dad's um someone who's given his entire adult life to helping people that can never help him. And he's, he knows the Bible inside and out. And it's one of the, just, he's unbelievable with it. And, but even watching him with pretty severe Parkinson's over the last couple of years and still, still going into his words so deep, getting in the Bible. And um, I, I asked him if he would come, uh, share with our foundation team on, on a topic. And 
he um, he did, and he came and he crushed it, and it impacted everyone so much. And I was walking him to his car not too long ago, and I said, "Dad, thank you so much." And that was unbelievable. He said, "You think it was okay?" And I said, "Dad, I think it was amazing." He said, "Oh, good." I stayed up till three a.m. working on it. Like this is someone that wow. he, he can he can go he can t- quote almost any verse I would ever ask him. And I don't just mean in English, right? Like he can, it's unbelievable, you know, like he's got, you know, more degrees that, you know, than I probably have wins in sports, right? Like it's unbelievable. And he's, and he, he tells me that he stays up till three because the word of God matters so much to him, right? That diving into it. Yeah. So that what he says can be as much from scripture as it is from, you know, more from scripture than it is from his head and from his heart, right? That it is that he is studies it, studies it, studies it because he wants that learn that time with the Lord, growth, 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 growth. And you think, well, he's been in the Bible his entire adult life, right? And yet he's still yeah. getting ready for that. It's up till three studying God's word. And that's just like, man, that's, that's what I want to be one day. Like, and I'm so, so far from it, but it's realizing that God's word is so powerful and it's so amazing. And it is the love letter to us. It is the game plan. It is the manual. It is the coaching guide for us, you know, from him. Like, let's treat it that way. Well, you said this word earlier, comfortable and like comfortability. How do you feel like we can prevent that from being a narrative that we kind of follow along with whether it, whether it be with physical or or our faith i think we that we embrace the grind right and we understand that most of the time growth doesn't come in the in being comfortable or it's not as much growth it comes from being comfortable that you know when you most of the time when you're training physically when you get out of your comfort zone and you go to the hard things that's where the most growth is and it's also most of the time where the most soreness comes from Right. Like you think about it when, you know, you get used to a certain um, for most of the time for for our training. Right. We'll switch everything up every three weeks. So it will be um, uh, a Monday will be a a speed in a lower body, explosive lower body. Tuesday will be a push pull. Wednesday will be a core. Thursday will be a different speed, explosive lower body. Friday will be a shoulder. Saturday will be an arms. And we'll go through those six days. And then the, well, the next week, starting on Monday, we will have the same exercises, slightly different um, weight, sets, and reps. And then the third week, we will have it again, slightly different, uh, the same exercises, slightly different weight, sets, and reps. And so you build up on those things for three weeks. And then you totally have all new exercises the next three weeks, right? And this isn't something we always do, but it's a, it's a, somewhat of a blueprint of how we work on. And so we will, we will run that, we'll go through it. And so you get, you adapt to those exercises for three weeks. And then you, after three weeks, when you start the the next phase, you're in all new exercises and you become way more sore again, because you were adapting to new exercises, new weight, new sets, new reps. And that adaptation makes you even more sore even though a lot of times you're going back to lighter weight, not as much as you were pulling on the third week of the first, um, uh, the first phase of it. And why I say that is because you get, you could easily, if you just did that four weeks and then five weeks and six weeks and seven weeks, you're going to get so comfortable doing it because I've done it now six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks. Right. And you're not going to adapt as much because it is some, is your comfort zone. I have learned to get comfortable in this weight in these sets and these reps but we switch it up so that our body is constantly adapting. And I think that's something that is important for sports, but it's also important for our spiritual life is that we are always um, um, continuing to find ways to grow and not just in the things that we find our comfort zone, but maybe studying things that we haven't studied as much. Um, Maybe there's other areas where we're, we get nervous. Maybe for some people it's in, in sharing their faith, you know? Um, so maybe there's ways yeah. to start small. It's maybe it's, it's talking, maybe it's, um, being able, maybe it's, it's being able to, to share with family. Maybe it's being able to be vulnerable. Maybe it's being able to, um, be patient. You know, I, that's, you know, I, I have to work on that literally every day. I mean, patience is such a bad yeah. quality for me, you know, and no, I'm the same. I just, no, my patience is terrible. I have to, 
I have to like, that is something that I have to think about and pray about and ask for help with because I want to go, 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 go. And I want to do it all the time. And I don't want to wait. And you know, that can come across that it can absolutely come across that it, the timeline is about me and it's not about other people. Right. And it's about mm-hmm. when I want it, not when what's right. And I mean, that's just, you know, one little example. And that's, you know, just why it's just so important that we are constantly not just trying to stay where we're at, but we're striving for the next thing that God has for us. Yeah. Well, as much as you travel and like as busy as you are, how do you feel like you, you know, try to keep up with that blueprint that, that you just talked about? And even, even how do you, you know, continually just cultivate your relationship with Jesus so you can lead Demi well, you can lead your ministry well, um, when you, when you are doing a lot of things and traveling all over the country? It's a really good question. So I think it's important that um, you you surround yourself um, with good people that can help in those times. I think it's important that um, yeah. that as you travel, that you continue to, to do everything you can to walk with the Lord. And, and, you know, sometimes it's like, well, you know, we're on the road or we're mission trips or far away. So it's a little bit easier now with some, you know, some podcasts and some sermons you get to watch and all that. So it makes it a little bit easier yeah. at times. Um but then I think one of the things for me that has really, really helped me is when when I feel like we're getting off course or when people around me feel like we're getting off course, one of the things that really helps is to find a way to go surf. And it yeah, is cool. something that totally um, – I, I had a, a deal with one of my friends that when something bad would happen to us – and you know, uh, a negative situation, you know, you get cut from a team, you have disappointments, you have, um, just something that you feel like sucks, you know, that we had a deal when that happens, we're going to go meet up. We're going to go find a place to serve. doesn't matter like yeah. time, whatever we go do it because one of the things that happens is you can get into such a, a sulk and you can become bitter. You can become disappointed. You can get caught up in your own emotions. Well, one of the things that happens in that is you're just thinking about yourself. And I think that's when we can get caught up in a lot of thoughts that we don't need to fester on. And so we need to take it mm-hmm. and go focus outwardly because when we're just focused inwardly, man, you can have stuff start to creep like crazy, but we need to focus outwardly. Yeah. And when I, when I make it about other people, when I make it about helping, when I make it about um, love and, and service and caring and other people, well, I'm not focused anymore on what I have or what I don't have. I'm focused on other people and it totally can change our perspective. And that's just one little like practical thing that we, we really, a a deal that we've made that we wanted, this is what we want to do. This is because it helps put everything back into perspective. And, um, and that's just a little practical thing, you know, that when we're on the road or we're at home, wherever we are that, Hey, this is, and you know, sometimes you think, well, how can you find a way to serve? There's so many places that you can find a way to, to make someone's day, someone on the side of the street, homeless, whatever you, there's a way you can make a difference and serve in that moment. And man, I yeah. tell you what, there has been four or five times in my life where it's just, that has been monumental for me because it's gotten me out of some form of a funk. That's cool. I just had this thought and I'm going to try to figure out how to really word it to, to ask you. Do you feel like the spontaneity kind of that you have in your life helps you to not get comfortable? Because I feel like it can go either way. It's like if you're like if you travel a lot, I feel like it's easy to slip into like distractions and not being disciplined. But then when when you're just home all the time, you can get so used to your routine that it kind of becomes maybe stagnant. So do you feel like sure. I don't know, like I as, think both as, can be true. Do you feel like as much as you travel, it can help. Yeah, I don't know. I just had that thought. I feel like I feel like it can be true either way, right? There's there's going to be different obstacles when you're on the road a lot. There's going to be different obstacles when you get so much in your routine. You know, um, I do think yeah. at times routines can be really good, and I also think that um, a, you know, change of scenery, change of pace can be good as well. It just depends how we use yeah. them and um, and and what we're how, how are we willing to game plan and adjust those moments for for what is needed at the time. Like sometimes, man, just could be in a routine can be so nice. You feel like I can wind down a little bit. I can get into this routine, uh, you know, with sleeping patterns, studying patterns, um, you know, 
getting into God's word in the same, you know, with the same patterns. That could be so nice sometimes. But then, you know, sometimes also when you're on the road, stuff can be sparked and imagination and creativity. And, you know, so it's it can be I think there's a place for both. Absolutely. Yeah. So obviously, when people see you, they know that you clearly work out because you're you're you really are one of the biggest humans I've ever seen in my life. Um, <laughs> There's no doubt. There's so many people, no, way bigger. But I'm, what are you talking no, about? Really, like I'm saying that I've spent time with. Like you really, I mean, that I've spent time with. You're definitely one of the biggest people I've ever spent time with. Um, but not only that, like so, I'm saying clearly, you, you know that you train yourself physically, but you know you're always talking about Jesus. You're always talking about your faith. You're, you're such a light. What are what are things that you put into place to help cultivate that? You know, you talked about, um, you know, the the different, um, you know, changing up your workouts every every three weeks, and you just talked about serving. But are there things that you like routines or practices that you feel like benefit you as as you walk out your faith? Well, um, I I really don't think I am uh, a very bold person. I. It's not a something that comes natural to me. My dad is a bold person. Like my dad's that guy when we were young and we would, you know, get out of church and we'd be at a restaurant and he would stand up to pray. I'm telling you, every waitress in every table, they're hearing him, you know, like it's all over. And I just yeah. would be like shrinking down like, dad, let's pray. But why does everybody got to hear us? You know, like uh, the whole restaurant, yeah. you know, just all of Olive Garden literally just heard us, you know, like, and <laughs> it was something I was so, why did, dad, why does everybody got to hear us? But then as I'd grow up and I'd watch him and I would see his boldness and it didn't come necessarily from just being a bold person. It came because he loved Jesus so much. And I remember um, being overseas with, with dad and, um, Get, having the opportunity to, to preach on the, the mission field and just feeling like that there, you know, you and all the other pastors need to preach, not me, you know? And he would say, why not to me? Do you, do you know Jesus? I said, yeah, dad. Do you love him? He said, yeah, dad. Do you believe what he did for you on the cross? Yeah, dad. You believe that accounted for you? Yeah, dad. Do you believe that it's the best message in the world? The message of the rescue mission of Jesus for humanity? Yeah, I do. Do you feel like other people need it? Just like you need it. Do they need it? Yeah, Dad. Well, guess what? That means that you always have something important to share because you have been fortunate to hear something that they need to hear and you get to have the blessing of sharing it with them. But the question is, are you willing? Yeah. See, when you really understand the message of Jesus and the rescue mission that he went on for us, the, the real rescue mission, it is the, one of the most selfish things to never tell anybody. Because it is the greatest message of all time. How our King, King Jesus, did for us what we could not do for ourselves. And how he's not looking for perfect people because mm -hmm. he was the perfect one. And our king went to a cross to take our place because he loves me and you that much. He loves us that much. You see, the cross is the story of love, of grace, of a payment that we could never pay, but of a savior that took our place. Wow. Wow. Like there's been so many t times in my life where I just wasn't willing to tell somebody beside me, in front of me, mm -hmm. behind me because, Oh, well maybe I, I didn't want to be offensive. Christian, the, the Bible is a story about love. It's a story about how a King took our place because he loved us enough. Like it is the greatest story of the greatest rescue of all time. And I think if we don't tell anybody, what you would have to ask is, do we really love them? Do we really love, if we really believe the gospel and we really love people, 
at some point, somewhere, we got to tell them because someone was willing yeah. to tell me. Am I willing to tell them because I love them enough? You see, why do we tell people? Why was my dad so courageous? Because he loved, he loves him and he loves them. And he was able to, through a camp, find Jesus. And now, man, if this is the greatest, this is the greatest mission. I got to tell somebody, I got to tell somebody how incredible this is. Like most of us, We've probably told more people about our favorite movie, our favorite game, our favorite team than we ever have our favorite savior. But a game, so a team, a workout, <laughs> it will never do. Even a great workout, a great workout could make someone's body better, could make their mind better. A great game plan could. This is the story of what can change someone from old to new, from darkness to light. Like when we really think about the message of the gospel, the power of the gospel, and then we're challenged to think if do we really love people? If we really love them, then some way, somehow, maybe we're not comfortable speaking, but can we write them a letter? Can we send them a text? Can we invite them to church? But we got to share that message if we really love them, because one is the great commission, but also it's because we care about them and you want people to have what we were so fortunate, what we were so fortunate to be shared with us, to be in a position that we were able to hear and we were able to say yes. And now we got to tell people because it matters Mm -hmm. that much. And that's why it, I see my daddy so bold because then I'll also see him see people and start to weep because he loves them so much. People he's never met. And he wants them to know what Jesus has done for them. That's so good. Well, you've been on teams your whole life. You've, um, like I said, you've played baseball, you've played football, you've played um, professional, college, you've done all the things. Um, But the idea of teams, so you've gone from playing on a team, being a leader of a team, captain of a team, to now being a team with your wife, with Demi, you're, you're not leading um, a sports team, but you're leading a house. How do you feel like, uh, what do you feel like you've learned from becoming a teammate with Demi that you haven't learned being a teammate to other people in the past? Um, probably one thing is just how much I actually leave stuff around the house. <laughs> just That's like, so true. like, like LaCroix cans and shaker bottles and, uh, you know, just Zevia cans and, and wrappers and I leave yeah. it all. I, I like leave a trail throughout the house. You know, I think one of the other things is just also how much we, we think about ourselves rather than, um, we think of yeah. for me what how much I think about myself rather than you know necessarily think about Demi and put her first and so that's a challenge for me to um, and then it's also I think another challenge is is finding we all um, receive love differently and give it differently and then it's also finding ways that I know she receives love well and what means the world to her. And maybe instead of a nice gift, it could be just standing with her and putting the dishes away or, you know, helping her make something or being able to sit down and have coffee first thing in the morning, you know, um, and do a devotional with her, um, not just separate and working on her own things, you know, but do it together with her coffee because she loves that. And then being able and then after that, being able to plan the day, because that's one way that she she really she loves, you know, is to plan the day and, you know, little ways to do that. And sometimes we get so caught up and we might think we're loving well, but we're loving the way we love. And I think Mm -hmm. it's a whole nother thing to be able to know someone so well that we will try to adapt to love them well in the way they receive love. And I think that's a really, it's a really fun challenge. And I I just, I really enjoy that. And I'd say, I I don't think I do it well, but I I, want to get better at it. Well, the Bible talks a lot about like these desires that we can have, right? That can be worldly desires, can be spiritual desires and, um, you know, things that we do need to put to death in our life. And I feel like, um, you know, that idea of like patience being one of the fruits of the spirit, you know, it's not natural 
for, for me, maybe not for you to be patient. Like I'm very, um, like I'm a one, I'm very like, I want it right away. I want it the way that I want it. Um, sometimes we don't have the best self-control. How do you feel like we, as believers and as people that are kind of struggling, like to, um, maybe repent from these worldly desires and really want to inherit and really pursue these spiritual desires. How do you feel like we put to death these things that are bad in our life to really probably, walk I, in the fruits of the spirit? I think probably three things. Number one, um, getting God's word. Number two, ask God for help. And number three, put something practical in place, right? Um, just, you know, it's one, you connect with the creator of the world, right? Like connect with him. is so yeah. important you know, and and then connect with his word, right? Ask him for help. You know, it's, you know, being able to say, okay, God, I'm going to get in your word. And then I'm going to ask you for help. 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 And then I'm going to put something practical in place of these are, you know, three ways. These are five ways that, and and sort of what I have to do today that I can show patience. And And then who do I need to show patience to is also. So for this person, when I, when I meet them today, I am going to be thinking, you know, and critically thinking how I can show this today. Put it in place. Challenge yourself. Go do it. You know, go do it. Write it down. You know, like um, it it would just be just like having a a main focus on the field. Right. Hey, today I'm really working on my three step drops and getting it out of my hand on time. Right. I'm not going to hold the ball today. I'm going to get it out on time or, you know, on our play action drops. You know, I'm going to make sure I'm going to really focus on reading those safeties today. Right. That's going to or I'm going to work on you know my pocket presence on getting up, you know, putting less pressure on our tackle so I can really get up in the pocket. Right. That's a focus on that practice today. Well, just like you would have focus on uh, for to be better and improve in an area in sports. Let's also do that in um, the areas in which we love, care and serve and help other people. And the areas that maybe we feel like, you know, God is trying to prune in our own hearts. So it's like, hey practically today, I'm going to be more grateful. I'm going to choose to say more, um, more things that, that will will show to other people that I'm grateful for them. Right. And you might not even Mm -hmm. always feel that at the moment. It doesn't mean you can't do that. That's a big, there's a, there's a huge gap there between sometimes our feelings in the moment and what can be our actions. And if we let our emotions always determine our actions, we're going to live a roller coaster. But if we, you know, choose our convictions of what we're working on, of what God's working on in us. Now we're going to, whether I feel grateful in that moment or not, I'm still going to try to choose to be and live by those convictions. And like, that would be a, maybe a practical way that I would um, also just, yeah. you know, challenge all of us, my, myself to, you know, even try to do that more. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, when I was, well, earlier you said um, that you struggle with patience. And it's, it's funny that you said that because I, I feel like you're, a super selfless person. And I honestly, you're honestly just super intentional. But when I was prepping for this podcast, I kept just thinking of this idea of, you know, the verse where it says to whom much is given, much is acquired. And I feel like you want, well, one, I feel like you have such a high capacity for all the, all, all that you do. But I do think that you, it, you hold it. I feel like you also know the weight of all, of, of all that you get to do. And you've really, you know, you've sacrificed yourself for so much and for so many people and for so many things. So when you hear that verse and just that idea of like to whom much is given, much is required, what do you, what do you think of? Well, um, I think a a, a lot of things, I think it can, um, be very deep, but I think it can also be very practical, right. With all of us, with what we have been given, like when you know what Jesus has done for you, and you've received what he's done for you because of the cross. That's much has been given. And mm-hmm. with any great gift, it should spur and demand a great response. Right. And we have been given a great gift. Now, Christian, what is our response? What is our response to the gift? Much has been given. Let's respond well. Like, let's respond to the gospel. And you know what? One of the other things when when you study scripture is you realize that, you know, there are people that would give much and there's people that didn't necessarily give a lot. But what what, what did God want in it? 
He wanted their heart, their heart posture. He wanted their willingness. He wanted their, them to be willing, right? You, you look at the boy who get, gave the, the loaves and the fishes, this little boy that brought his lunchbox, right? And, and the disciples and Jesus takes it and he turns it into feeding, you know, uh, at least 5,000. But a lot of scholars believe it would probably have been ten to 15,000. Not because that boy, you know, had a lot. It's not that yeah. he, he had enough to feed 15,000. It's that he gave what he had and he put it into the hands of the miracle maker and he was willing to give. And I want to encourage people, if, whether you feel like it's a lot or you don't feel like it's a lot, but when you put it in the hands of the miracle maker, it can be whatever he wants it to be. And that's something that's always been just so encouraging to me that, you know, do we think that miracle would have been different? If that boy would have had 50 loaves and 25 fish, would the miracle have been different? I don't think so. See, Jesus yeah, could have turned whatever was given into whatever he wanted. But it was the willingness to give, to give what he had. Now, are we willing to give what we have? Whether we feel like it's a, a lot or we feel like it's a little. But are we willing to give yeah. and say, here you go, Jesus, you take what, what, what you have let me borrowed for a time, because that's all it is. Our gifts and our talents and our treasure, it's just borrowed for a time, for a moment. Now with that, what did we do? Whether we have one talents, we have 10 talents, we have 20 talents. We can't just go bury them. Let's go use them. Let's go use them for, uh, for, for his glory, for people's good, for their impact, to, to share, to love, to care, to help. Right. And, and, and when we, and, and yes, I do feel like there is a, a weight and a burden to it, but I also feel like that burden and that weight is such a blessing though. Yeah, and, for sure. But it's a, it's also a, a responsibility Christian where, you know, when I do say to sometimes people that oh, it's, I do feel the weight and the burden of it, and they'll say, man, that's sort of negative. It's not. That's a blessing, meaning yeah. that we get the opportunity and we get the chance to have an impact and maybe ripple effects in this world and maybe for eternity. Yeah, there's a weight there. There's a burden there. Yeah. But what a blessing. Yeah. Like, let's, let's yeah. step into that. Let's dive into that. Because ultimately, what else matters? What's more important? What's more important that we're going to do to, to get yeah. more, you know, stuff, more, more, trophies or championships or stuff that's going to rust and rot and not worth anything one day. Oh, no, that's why we, mm -hmm. we're not, we shouldn't be chasing after perishable crowns, but imperishable crowns. It's just, that's why, you know, I think Paul was such a competitor because so much he talks about running and racing and competition and rewards and all of it. And I feel like, man, what he's saying is, man, for so many people, they were striving to be their best in a sport to buffet their body. But hey, we're not striving to be our best so we can win a game. We're striving for our best because we want to give him our best. And we want to yeah. give humanity our best. And we want to give it to the least, the last, the lost. We want to give it to the hurting. We want to give them our best. Yes, there is a weight. Yes, there is a burden. But what a freaking blessing to be able to have the chance to bring faith, hope, and love to people. What a chance to be able to help someone that is hurting. What a chance to be able to serve someone in need. What an opportunity that yeah. we get that chance, that we have that opportunity. Wow. For some reason, in God's master plan, he calls us and wants us to be co-laborers with him. Wow. Because we're deserving? No. I'm so far from deserving. But because that's what he wants. Now, one of the, the things my pastor always says is, once you've been rescued, you're now on the rescue team. Christian do we act like we're on the rescue team for hurting people? Mm -hmm. That's, it's a challenge. It's a burden. It's a weight. but what an opportunity. What a blessing. Yeah. And I feel like there's a weight and a burden to it because it is significant. You know, like you said, it's, it's yes, meaningful. It it's, it's, it's really life or death. And I feel like if you didn't view it as weighty, then, you know, you're not viewing it as any significance because, you know, it's not like it's good. Yeah, it's man. not a bad burden or a bad weight. I mean, but it's significant. And when you realize that it's, it's it's significant, then you realize how much weight 
it actually holds. Well, I want to ask you, um, you know, just all the, all the stuff that you have going on. Is there anything that you have coming up um, next that you're super excited about? Um, you know, I'm so excited that the doors that God has opened for um, the foundation, you know, we're now having a chance to serve in, in over 70 countries around the world. And um, it's just been such a blessing. But also we talk about so many people that are hurting all over the world. Just mm-hmm. some of the stories that we've just literally gotten over the last couple of days. Some of the girls that have been rescued over the last couple of days. Um, just in the last two d- days, we've had babies that were thrown away that we were able to um, to get from squatter camp and from thrown outside of a hospital. Like there is such a need. There are such people that are hurting. There are so many people that are being thrown away, that are being trafficked, that are being abused, that are being abandoned. And we have such a massive opportunity to have impact, but we got to go. We got to go. We can't, we can't keep living on our timeline. We have to live on theirs. And that's where I would say such a, a burden for me, but also a blessing because we have the chance to help, but we can't just say, Hey, we're living on our timeline. We're, you know, when I get around to it, when I'm going to no, it's now why, because they might not have tomorrow. That's why we got to go. That's so good. And that's actually one of my favorite verses in the Bible. And I feel like it's so cool because it's still so applicable today, just like it was back when Jesus was still alive, when he said the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And, um, you know, just thinking about that, it's it's so cool. Like, you know, thinking about fitness and there's so many people that are doing fitness stuff. And he's like, you know, the laborers are for that, but he's like, where are the laborers that are, that are actually going to reap the harvest that I'm, that I'm asking you to go do. And I, I just love what you said there. And I feel like that's such a challenge and such a, you know, such something that for us really to strive for, for the great commission to go share our faith and really to see people repent and follow, follow Jesus. The harvest is plentiful. There's people all around that are hurting and he needs more laborers. A lot of us are too scared or too timid to, to go share our faith because we're, you know, insecure or we don't know enough scripture or we're, um, we're too busy living in sin that we feel like we can't go share, but really he just, he wants a willingness and he wants us just to go, um, just go share in the story. And I feel like maybe one more thing to throw and add into that is I think sometimes we feel unqualified or disqualified and we're not, Uh are we broken? Are we sinful? Have we messed up? Yes. Or are we, Worthy? No. But he still loves us enough. Are, are we good enough? Nope. So far from it. But he loves us enough to take our place, to rescue us. Yeah. And now will we go tell that story? Humbly tell that story of, hey, I couldn't do anything for myself. He did it all for me. Now will I go tell? Will I go tell someone else of that rescue? Will I go tell someone else that he loves them enough? Well, I go tell someone else. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be perfectly worded. Yes, we want to study and we want to be able to have answers and we want to be, we want to feel ready and equipped, but we're never going to fully have it all. We're never going to know. That's why we know in part one day we will know in full. We don't know everything right now. I can't tell you every answer, but I can tell you he's the answer. Yeah. I can't tell you everything, but I can tell you, man, when you get, you go look at the cross and you see what Jesus did. Yeah, we can go tell that. Mm-hmm. We can go tell that. What I mean, and 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 for those that you're telling, like it's more relatable if you are broken and going through something versus if you look like you have it all figured out, or if you want to look like you're not actually struggling with anything. Like to me, yeah, that's by, not relatable. By the way, for you know? all the listeners, just so they know, we don't have it all figured out. Okay, no, <laughs> we don't have it all figured no, out. My, no, I I am such a <laughs> sinful dude. I mean, my thoughts and just my, every, my life is crazy, but it's like, but I also love God and I want to go tell others about it. And it's like, if you wait till you have it all figured out, or if you want to act like you're not going through anything, that's not relatable. And I feel like people like, that's just a turnoff. It's like, if, but, but if you want to really be genuine, talk about what you're going through and people are going to relate to that. Cause we all, you know, we all go through the same struggles. We all face similar, similar trials. And I feel like if you, if, if you back away from that and if you, if you don't really embrace that, then people aren't going to be as interested in, in your faith. I mean, that's just, that's just my thoughts, I guess. I don't know. 
Well, the gospel isn't a message about try harder, do better, get better. Yeah. It's not a message. It's not the the message. Try harder. Show up to church. I'll see you next Sunday. That's not it. That's not the message of the gospel. The message of the gospel is we were not good enough, nor could we do anything about it. But he took our place, paid our price, defeated death, and offers us a free gift, meaning we don't have to do anything for it. All we have to do is accept what he has done for us. Wow. It's a message of we weren't perfect, but he was. He took our place and he took our sin and exchanged it for righteousness. Wow. Yeah. That's a pretty cool message we get to share. It's the coolest message. It is. You know what my dad would always say in, uh, in jungles and villages all over the world? He would say it's the greatest trade of all time. And it's in, in markets where all these people are trading and they're trading, you know, a, a fish for a peso and back and forth and all of this. And he would get their attention by saying, I have the greatest trade. I want to tell you about the greatest trade in the history of the world. Where That's so our cool. Savior takes our sin and gives us righteousness. That's crazy. Well, Tim, man, thank you so much for joining me. I loved I loved our conversation. I really do think it's going to impact so many people. Um, I think they're going to be challenged by um, just all the things you said. I feel like feel like you can't I feel like you can't talk without without challenging somebody, and I love it, and also encouraging them <laughs> at the same time. So, thanks so much for joining it, me. I really I do love think what, people are going to be impacted. Absolutely, I enjoyed it and love talking um, faith, love talking fitness. You know, I just think it's it's so important that you're encouraging you know um, young men that to strive after both to train for both, you know, because ultimately do we, do we want to be as healthy and as fit as possible? Yes. Because then we might just be able with a little bit more endurance, with a little bit more energy, with a little bit more stamina, run after what God has for us to go after it with clear eyes, with a focus in our head, with a passion in our heart, with the energy in our hands to say, you know what, God, I don't know where you're sending me, but I want to go and I want to get there fast. And I want to make as big of an impact as you're going to, as you will let me, let me run after what you have. And I don't mean walk. I don't mean jog. I mean, run, let's run after the calling God has for us so that when we get to heaven, we show up exhausted, not well rested. I don't want to get to heaven well rested because that would be a super disappointing moment, disappointing time. Amen. Amen. Tim, you rock. Love you, bro. Love you, buddy. Thank you, man.